0: Monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. This is chapter 2 of an audio novella titled Hungry Ghosts of Paradise. Please go back to chapter 1 and start there. It's the episode just before this one, and I'll also leave it linked in the notes. This is a story of tragic love, explicit content, triggering content, not suitable for listening while children are around. A few years before, while mourning that my then boyfriend had ghosted me, we ended up getting back together after a few excruciating months of no contact. I couldn't find reprieve even in my sleep. I dreamt of wandering the world as though it was an urban desert. Lucid, I met a man and asked him what I should do to cope with this longing. He leaned his hand over the wall beside us and then leaned toward me. You see, that's where you have to be careful, he said. The sun swelters. A bead of sweat drips down his forehead. He continues... Carry on like this, and you're nothing but a hungry navel. To prepare dinner for Aiden, I had asked him what food he likes. He responded graciously by telling me that he liked all kinds of veggies, tofu, meat, and nutritional yeast. I loved that he was specific. I made buffalo with fennel and tofu with vegetables and had nutritional yeast out for garnish. He was to arrive on bike and was an hour or so late. Dinner was ready. My whole body was flushed with excitement and anticipation. And I was upstairs doing a Kundalini Yoga Kriya about opening my heart to pass the time. It guides you to create a lot of magnetic tension between your hands in front of your chest as though you're holding a green globe. I was bathed in green waves of color. When Aiden arrived at the front door, I was stunned by his beauty. He was framed with night and starlight behind him, tall, beautiful jawline, statuesque but loose dancer body, Hollywood, Greek god, kind of handsome. I had a small table and chairs in the corner of my master bedroom, and I took our dinner up there with honey wine after allowing Aiden to serve himself a hefty plate. I told him I did see him in my dreams. I didn't tell him about the sex dream, but I mentioned the platform and the landscape dream. He confirmed details of the dream, how we were together and then separated, a friend who was also there who I'd also seen, the color of the purple clouds, the wooden planks that were beneath us. I realized as we spoke that he's spiritual, but he hides it. He hung out with partiers and dancers who got creeped out if he showed them that he has dreams of the future or that he can read their minds. We had a conversation he didn't normally get to have. I felt somewhat comforted by this, that if he was to initiate me into some deeper level of sex, this I was certain, I could initiate him into deeper confidence and ownership of his spirituality. It was just a thought. He told me about an evil spirit he met once and how he overcame it and flexed, at least I have a body, get it together. He loved the food and made a display out of it, getting seconds. After dinner, he offered to massage my feet. He told me that he was going to go to the bathroom and that we could do it when he got back. I knelt on my knees, sitting back on my feet at the edge of the bed, and he came back and kissed me. The moments unfolded like silk ribbons. He gently pinned me back to the bed. My cat Esme got in between our bodies and purred, and he just smiled. Esme stayed there for a moment before finding another place to nap. He felt like a god to me. Kissing him was already dropping me layers deeper into a channel of electric water, cloud bathed. He undressed me, showed me such tenderness. We had sex, but unlike the dream, it happened with conversation, safely. In the morning, he told me... I don't know if this is weird to say, but I love you. And I said I'd already loved him. He told me about a recent heartbreak he wasn't quite over. I asked if the relationship was over, and he said it was. I wasn't too concerned. And I felt all this guilt and shame, having realized I'd neglected to tell him that I was polyamorous. So I told him with apology But he said he liked it and it felt safer for him. I didn't really know what that meant yet. I drove him to work and he left his bike tied to a tree at my house. I want to see him again soon, but he takes a moment. Texting me with warmth how special our night had been and how it was moving a lot of emotion for him and he wanted a minute. I passed by his bike every time I entered or exited my house for a week, letting it feed my ego, seeing it as a symbol of my own prowess, that my Venus-Pluto love is so transforming, my pussy is so good, he's just having a moment. In retrospect, I like how confident 23-year-old me was. I went to an event on campus, the college I'd gone to and graduated from, the one he lived close by. He said he might meet me. It was an art event, and I was sitting in a circle with a teacher who was talking about artistic process and how when she's doing a bunch of weird things that don't make sense, and a voice comes online in her mind about how it's so stupid what she's doing, that it's so pointless, she knows she's on the right track. And without seeing him enter the room, I suddenly saw Aiden approach the circle and slip into an empty chair. He winked at me as he sat down and my whole body tangibly flushed with heat. Aiden slept over one night that I had an astrology reading event in town the next day. I have a table at a craft fair. I brought silks, candles, a crystal ball, making an inviting scene of myself. We drove into town together in the morning. I had forgotten some of my tea lights and he offered to take my car back to get them. I felt so privileged to have this beautiful man want to serve me. I felt so held in the way that I trusted his every touch. Everything he did only ever felt amazing and entirely disarming, melting. I never had to adjust him. His hands were psychically attuned. I felt privileged that I trusted him with my keys to my car and my home. He came back with the tea light candles and I offered to read his chart and I was so happy he allowed it. Pluto in Libra in the second house relationship, I think, Libra, but second house, Taurus, relationship with self, self self-reliance. I said something about how he is here to discover balance in relationship and to have many relationships of all kinds, and that he also appreciates self-reliance and wants to be in connection with people who are self-reliant or have a lot of self-esteem. Scorpio sun, Virgo rising, Libra stellium across the first and second house, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, Juno, Black Moon Lilith, Pluto and the moon, all in Libra. He nodded enthusiastically, told me he was so grateful for the reflections. Business was slow that day, but my heart was full. I had several readings, and one Texan with a thick accent paid me well, was mysterious, but seemed pleased. Another morning, I left his house for another astrology reading event. It was Valentine's Day and I was giving readings at a psychic shop in town. I felt myself outdoing myself with my costume, space buns and braids, white dress, Libra and antique scales as a prop, red lipstick. People were gasping at me in the window and doing double takes as they walked by. And it reached in and touched me because I'd worked hard for this I'd felt so ugly before and wanted this my whole life, this sense of being recognized for beauty. Aiden told me he felt special that the woman in the photographs that I put on social media was the woman that was in his bed that morning. Our lovemaking had started out profound and kept deepening. I was receiving a tuned touch and massage, and it was opening me. He loved slow sex. He'd asked me at one point to stop making noise and making love back for a moment, but to just relax and receive him. My youthful, performative style of fucking that had nothing to do with my own pleasure sloughed off of me. If my body was a castle, it suddenly became the ocean. I'd never experienced sex that didn't also hurt a little bit. I didn't even know there was this other way. This was the first time I only felt pleasure and nothing else but dropping me into an underground well, underground ocean. I could let go entirely, trusting every single way he moved with me. I had a trip that had been planned for a while to go to L.A. and Vegas with my other lover for his business. It was hard to say goodbye to Aiden, but I felt so abundant to have both men's blessings and to be missed by both of them when I was absent. As the trip neared, it was becoming apparent to me that my father was dying. He was approaching seven years of illness, and treatments weren't working. He was rapidly losing weight and was nearly bedridden, and this had only just accelerated. Our family didn't talk that much of death. My dad was a fighter and everyone had acted optimistic. But around this time, he'd called me just to say that he loved me and my body reacted with alarm. Is everything okay? Yes, he assured me. It's okay. But it hadn't just been the panther I'd dreamt of. Most nights I dreamt of black animals, bats, cats, crows, and horses. He was admitted to the hospital a day before my trip, so I'd meet up with my lover there in LA after visiting with my family there and join for the Vegas road trip. The night before the trip, I was making love with Aiden. I was seeing blue lights everywhere as he penetrated me in the universe through him. is penetrating me. I sit with the utter complexity that I am falling in love, having the best sex of my young life, dropping into underwater channels of ecstasy, and my father is dying. I know he's been close, because for months he's been sending me cards with motivational and inspirational quotes about taking risks and enjoying life. He cheerleads my business. He feels close to God already, and his cards practically glow with angelic aura. At the hospital, I've never seen my dad so gaunt, his paper-thin skin just barely covering his bones. His body has stopped integrating food and nutrients. He cries when he sees me, cries for me seeing him this way. There was a curtain in his room that we were behind. And underneath the curtain, I could see the hallway and a shuffle of black shoes, rhythmic sounds of heart monitors, psychedelic train station energy, people coming in and leaving, black shoes shuffling. The image is so beautiful to me, washing over me like a trance. My dad is sleeping at one point, and my mom asked me, Sabrina, Your father and I have wondered if you need to get your medications adjusted. Your affect is so flat. We wanted you to not be manic, but to still have emotions. An inner volcano. I burst through the careful and strict veneer I'd upheld for a couple of years, ready to lose everything, just to say... Mom, I'm not on the fucking medications. I lied about it to survive. Those medications were killing me. Fucking killing me. I am not bipolar. I had to lie to you to survive. I do have emotions and an affect. I just don't show them to you because it hasn't been safe to. You might think I'm manic Well, you have been stable, Sabrina, my mom says behind tears. If you did all this without meds, maybe you aren't bipolar. In the middle of the day, I go outside to call Aiden and find some reception. He is sweet, supportive, knows of my dad's condition. He tells me that a friend of his and him were talking about the nurturing side of the masculine, that it's not just archetypally feminine. Aiden had Neptune and Mars in the fourth house, and I'd felt it, fucked into trance, cared for at the deepest level, my skin, kneaded into with pressure that releases all I've been holding, expert touch bringing me closer to God. He is the moon as a man. He is the Mars that cares for me. The hospital moved my dad to another room. He was awake again and wanted us to talk, to entertain him, to give him something else to think about. He was hooked up to a breathing machine, and every breath looked like a struggle. Only because we were assigned to fill the space, I told him, my mom and brother, about Aiden for the first time, afraid I was jinxing it. I showed them his photo. Aiden texted me a bunch of emojis just then as though to wink at me. He is psychic. My brother scoffed at the picture. Burning Man? What does he do? The photo was Aiden with his long hair, hugging his wolf-like dog, smiling in the sun. It had nothing to do with Burning Man. I said, Aiden makes custom-made didgeridoos and can circular breathe and play for hours. It's very impressive. He's also a massage therapist. My brother rolled his eyes. How old is he? 36, I say. I'm 23. Why such a huge age difference? My parents and brother all seem to ask as one conglomerate unit. I don't know. I'm an adult, I'm a businesswoman. My dad shrugs with approval, somewhat emphatically given his state, like, I trust you, like, say la vie. Eventually unable to speak easily, my dad resorted to communicating with me through writing on a yellow notepad, the kind of legal pad I'd seen around the house my whole upbringing, with his blue pens and reliably messy handwriting. He asked in writing if I was going to play the slot machines in Vegas. We said goodbye. And he made a sweeping Jupiterian comment about how I was going to be famous soon, with a mirth even in his weakened state. In his liminal between life and death months, he has only held the unrelenting vision of my success. The sun is setting as my sun is rising. When he says I'm going to be famous, it strikes a chord because only a few years back, my parents had considered my total conviction of my impending fame to be a symptom of my mania and my delusions of grandeur. So when he offers this blessing, it both means everything to me and confirms for me in a sense that the sun is setting.